Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth This is Maya Tawari. Today's episode is The Spirit of Winter's Solstice. In Vedic astrology, the winter solstice is the first day of the sun's northward journey in the six months from January to July when the light is returning to the earth as the earth orbits the sun. This journey is called Uttarayana. It is said that in these six months it represents one day to the gods. The world returns to the path of the celestial in auspicious time. It is the time when the sun's rebirth comes into its full effulgence. It is called a time for gratitude. It is the time of receding faith and hope and everything that leads towards a positive presence and future. The winter solstice is the best time to make our resolutions for the next while going forward. It is the time to plant the seed for hope and the removal of life's challenges. It is the time for us to honor our imperfections, bring them to the fore so that we may convert them into our greatest strength by accepting that we have flaws and faults. This is part of the spirit of the winter solstice. It is part of the cosseting blanket of the dark. It is the time when all darkness is gathered up and all of the broken pieces are picked up and put back to the whole tapestry of being whole once again. It is so difficult as humans for us to face our imperfections accept our faults, but by nature we have doshas. We have that principle, as we call it in Ayurveda, that is always likely to err. It is a matter of how quickly we can pick ourselves up and continue our forward journey so that we are always in the blessing of time. The Kala Chakra time is not a linear instrument of measurement of our future and our past. It is in fact a complex and dynamic cyclical system that works in tandem at the behest of the mother of the universe, Lalita, 
Tripurasundari. On the winter solstice, the sun reaches the dark zenith of the underworld. From this deep, profoundly grounded space, we are reborn and can be reborn. The winter solstice is said to be the dark night of the soul, but it holds the primordial seeds of revival, rejuvenation. It holds the silence of the dark. It holds the imperfections that we humans are so reluctant to embrace, but we must. The winter solstice is a metaphor, a paradigm that shows us how we can embrace these imperfections, how we can put to bed, to rest, the challenges, difficulties, angst, anger, hatred, fears, all back into the earth. Mother Earth swallows it for our betterment. And then from there, in our own acceptance of these challenges, in understanding our challenges, or in the aspirations to understand them, we seed new life. Just like the sunlight begins from the farthest part of the south in the winter solstice where the sun is just beginning to rise again, so too the lightness, enlightenment, illumination, the beacon of our own heart can awaken. As the days become increasingly short and uncertain and the nights long into the winter, the deep winter, the sun sets so far to the south, but that is the receding, the rekindling of hope, of life. Sunlight is the eternal hope, Surya, Ravi, the sun that sustains all of life, the protection of our being, our mental plane, our emotional and psychic planes. Since ancient days, the winter solstice has been celebrated for its power to reseed light so that we can remove the despair of the darkest nights in our lives. In Uttarayana, is said to begin before the sun reaches Makara, that is, that is the Tropic of Capricorn. Interestingly, it is said that Uttarayana, if it stops south of the Tropic of Capricorn, on its journey towards its northward movement. If it stops in the area of Danus or Sagittarius, which had happened more than 1,500 years before, that it would not bode well 
for the lands on earth that are towards the south and the west. This is a very interesting thing because today, in this winter solstice, Uttarayana did stop before it reached the Tropic of Capricorn. It fell short of its journey, I believe. The Earth is orbiting the Sun. She's not in the center of the orbit. This is not the same with reference to the Sun that is being orbited by the Earth. We are not in the sun looking at the earth. This astrological modern researcher misconception implies that we are at the vantage point of the sun and watching the earth move around us, whereby we can observe the orbit of the earth, the ecliptic, cutting the path of the sun as gradual moving as it moves to different points. But in actuality, we are on the earth while it circles the sun. With less than three degree variation in the wobble of the tilted earth, the sun will be seen moving across the sky, with the stars far away into the background within a limited span of space. And what that means is that beyond the two limits, the sun can never be seen in the backdrop of the stars of the other signs. Because as the earth moves around the sun, she's actually oscillating. And this oscillation is compared to the Tanjur doll. The Tanjur doll is a type of traditional Indian bobblehead toy usually made of terracotta material, where the center of gravity and the total weight of the doll is concentrated at its bottommost point, generating a dance-like continuous movement with slow oscillations. This is exactly how the Vedic seers and ancients of so many cultures have described the movement of the earth as it orbits the sun. The earth's relationship to the sun is not the same as the moon's relationship with the earth. The equinox and the movements do not do a full round as the earth orbits the sun. Modern researchers incorrectly interpret the earth's orbit around the sun to be more like that by the lunar orbit around the Earth, in which case the Moon's orbit intersects the Earth's orbit. But, but getting back to what this all means to us in the winter solstice, we have just looked at Saturn and Jupiter in a dance together so close that they created what we call the Star of Bethlehem the most magnificent star up in the sky. We are looking at good omens for 2021, 
but we're also looking at chaos and challenges coming up in the next decade for us. Because in the Uttarayana journey, as it is said in the Brihad Samhita of the Vedas, here again I'll say what it said. This knowledge was conveyed by the Rishis that tells us that the movement of the earth orbiting the sun is not always constant and cannot always be synchronized with the Tropic of Capricorn or the Tropic of Cancer. Thousands of years of observation have led them to understand some of the oscillations and sometimes the erratic movement of the earth around the sun. Uttarayana it is called, the northward movement of the earth as she orbits the sun. And as I said, the text advises that if this movement slips south, meaning if it is begins to the south of the Tropic of Capricorn, meaning in the Tropic of Sagittarius, then it would not bode well for the regions on earth that lie towards the south and the west. But we shan't worry about that. This has happened before. It will no doubt happen again. And in the Dakshina Yana, which is the southward movement of the earth around the sun, if it stops short of the Tropic of Cancer or slips to before the Tropic of Cancer, then basically that too will not bode well for the lands and regions to the east and the north. Here again, this is not the point of my broadcast today. The point of it is that nothing in our human life is ever consistent regardless of the amount of sadhanas and practices that we do and care for, there always will be the shortfall, the longfall, the slipshod fall, or something that is inconsistent. The very consistency of human life is based in its imperfection and its inconsistency. Winter solstice reminds me of this. It reminds me of an idea that I can now gather all of my broken pieces and put it into the spirit of the dark, into the spirit of the luminous dark night, so that I can be gathered into wholeness again, so that we may leave the past behind, so that we may let go of that which cannot be fulfilled and that we can also give praise for being alive and being able to still let go of things. Our human life on earth is a magnificent feat, a miracle really, 
but it does come with many difficulties. This is the time when we can contemplate those difficulties and make an intention. Use this time of reseeding. Use the natural big akasha, the, the blessings of the celestial sky, the blessings of the celestial atmosphere around us. All of the support that we can get are now lying in the winter solstice, the spirit of the solstice, the medicine of the winter solstice. Every native tradition had an understanding, a deep understanding of Uttrayana, of this which we call the winter solstice. The indigenous people honored winter and its solstice in different ways. At the solstice, it is the shortest day of the year and winter officially begins in the Northern Hemisphere. Opposite, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere. Opposite timing. Says the Cree Nation indigenous people that the winter solstice is a time for rest for the animals and the plants. It is the time for people to replenish their spirit so that they can dream again. The Hopi people call the winter their quiet time and observe it with special prayers. Native Hawaiians observe a makahiki season, taking the time to reconcile, recede, renew and on the theme of forgiveness, forgiveness of everything, everyone that caused pain and of themselves. The Chinese ancestors used a sundial to determine the point of the winter solstice. They sought to celebrate the return of the sun and they held a festival for three days, eating dumplings and worshipping their ancestors. In New Mexico, the Zuni people observed a ceremony through dance where the winter solstice begins at the start of the Zuni New Year. The event is generally open to the public. In Alaska, the Inupiag people live in a place where sunlight is scarce during the winter. It is dark for 67 days after the sun sets in mid-November until it rises again in mid-January. The winter solstice is an opportunity for all people to reconnect to the natural world, to sharpen intuition and to access the most potent ability for the human to rebirth itself. So as we face the enormous challenges of this coming decade, 
and of the past year, being an example of exactly how many challenges we are looking to face. Let us understand that in life, the difficulty is part of the natural lesson for growing and maturing, and that the care for the self is no longer a privilege but a priority. That none of our karma spares us, and that is we can embrace the karma however they come, whoever is doing what, to whom. We must remember that we are always in charge of our destiny, no matter how sidetracked or how railroaded it has become. Even when we are being pursued by covert ops and destructive forces that are overwhelming, we must understand that there are ways that we can protect our energy. We must accept that there's always going to be destruction, non-productiveness, non-creativeness, and stupidity in our universe. In fact, someone said that there is more stupidity than hydrogen in the universe, and it has a longer shelf life. It is true that everyone we meet is fighting a battle of their own. We never know what we are going through. But we can depend on one thing that is truly real. And that is each and every one of us, each and every one of our cultures have broken pieces. And if we were to make gentle that gaze, and gentler that mind, that through that energy and vibration alone, we can begin to collect our broken pieces into the wholeness of the one, where each one of us can again be whole. Thank you for listening, and peace be your journey.